All right, guys, before we get this thing underway, we did record the past couple of podcasts here at Huntstock, so we will be bringing those to you for the next couple of weeks. But we did still want to do an intro. We still got to, you know, talk about our sponsors, so on and so forth. So your boy East Coast Trev is here, and so is the Madman Mardik. Yep, I'm still here. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad. Thanks Thanks for joining you, us. You, you, you had room for me. On the return trip from Huntstock, I was a little worried. Yeah, why? What did you think was going to happen? I didn't think there was enough room in the truck for me. I wasn't I wasn't sure that there was enough room for me, and I was driving. <laughs> I mean, it was, we were loaded down. I know. That's was, for sure. I was trying to sell some stuff at the last minute so we didn't have to bring as much back. But, I mean, it was it – was, I had a lot of fun, man. It was a killer weekend. It was a great time. The 3D shoot was phenomenal. You just can't go wrong with it, man. No, it was a really good time. I look forward to that show every year. It's a great time of the year, too. It's like I was trying to figure out the other day, is it the first show of the season or the last show of the season? I guess technically it's the last show of the season, but it's nice to get together in that that time before the actual deer season starts and see all those guys that you haven't seen in a while and catch up and have a good time and talk about the deer season coming up. Yeah, for sure, man. And I definitely want a huge thank you to the to the guys at the Wildwood Farms. I mean, the hospitality always there is is next to none. Uh, you can't get better hospitality than the guys up at the Wildwood Farm. I'm actually looking forward to going back here um, in the beginning of October for their fall festival. I think it'll be kind of cool. Absolutely, every one of them. They're great. Every one of them's great. Um, let's break off, man. Let's do the sponsorships, and then we can kind of give them a little lowdown of how our weekend actually went. Sounds good. All right. We are brought to you by Huntworth Gear, huntworthgear.com. Get more for less with Huntworth. Some of the best camo on the market, in my opinion. And the new early season stuff, I'm ready to put that stuff on. I mean, it's it's the best camo that I've ever worn, honestly. And I'm, I'm looking to take it throughout another season. Nor'easter Game Calls, nor'eastergamecalls.com, Mr. Mark Buzzle. He did really well there at Huntstock. I was kind of nervous. We almost ran out of grunt tubes. I mean, there probably wasn't going to be many left. Um, I mean, how many? I, every time I turn around, one was leaving the table over there. Didn't you see that? Yeah, I couldn't keep track of Mark. You know, last year he was like right on top of us because and this this year he was I don't know, I guess he's too good for us. He had his own booth and kind of just stayed over there in his own little corner and did his own yeah. thing. I was uh over there playing with calls or buying calls every time I turned around. Plus, I mean he put up that wall halfway through the weekend, so we couldn't even see what the heck was going on over there. <laughs> But uh, also, um, Bowhunters United, bowhuntersunited.com, guys, go and check them out. Um, they are the advocates for the bow hunting world, and you can get the link down below. Latitude Outdoors, latitudeoutdoors.com. The new carbon sticks, they are shipping for you guys that did pre-order. They are coming. We have been seeing a couple of them, and you can still order them there. Um, we will be fully outfitted by the end of the year with Latitude Outdoors. So go and check those guys out. But, hey, man, I got a question for you, Steve. What, what do you think was probably close to the best thing that happened to you this weekend at Huntstock? Ooh, that's a tough question. I, I'll be honest with you. I really enjoyed shooting the 3D course with the whole crew. Mm, for sure. Um, well, except Unfortunately, for we only got to shoot 
two targets with the whole crew, and then we <laughs> lost Lou. But the rest of the 3D course with me, you, Seth, Justin, I mean, I, I, that was probably the highlight because the, the, we don't all get together as often as we'd like to. Right. Um, I think, I don't think that all five of us have actually been together since January. Someone's always missing. So, um, to me, that was probably the best part of the weekend to actually get all five of us together at one time. Right. No, I totally agree there. I mean, it isn't that the crew though. I mean, me, you, Justin, and Seth. I mean, Lou is always missing. We can't. Yeah, <laughs> even when even even when Lou's there, he's really not there. He's so not it's there. still hashtag Lou. I thought maybe he was stretching for his midget wrestling competition, but then we came back and he was sleeping in the tent. He spent most yeah. of his time. I, I thought he, I his big debut kind of went down. I don't know what he's going to do now. What what his importance is? Uh, if he's not going to midget wrestle, he can't shoot. I don't know what to do with Lou. Yeah, and shout out to Brad Jarvis. He showed up. He was ready to go. He was so. Brad. So Brad took 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 the belt. He took the title I guess. undisputed. I guess. I guess he did. Um, well, TKO without TKO. <laughs> um, but that was another good thing about yeah. uh, about the show is so many people that you know listeners that, that I, I mean some of them we've never met in person and got to meet or you know friends and supporters and just being able to meet them face to face and talk. And and just just get to know those guys was really good. Um, mm. uh, and new friends, Jake, Jake and Joey. I never met those guys. Those guys are awesome. Justin's friends. Um, Brandon Ashford. We hung out with him for quite some time Saturday night. I think it was. Yep. Um, Jake from Bow Minded. We got to camp with him all weekend. He's always a good time. He's a good friend of ours. We had all kinds of good people. The Primitive Patriot Boys, Josh and Joe, got to hang out with those guys. They did a podcast with us. We met some really good new friends. We got the, you know, the old girl shutting her stuff, stealing some stuff from us. We got it was fun, man. We got to hang out with the boys from the Big Woods Bucks, um, Northwoods Whitetails, Live Free and Hunt. I don't know if you saw them. Those guys were there. Uh, I got to shake hands with those boys. There was a ton of people, man. It was every time I turn around, I'd like go to go somewhere. They'd be like, "Hey, Trev, what's up, man?" You know, like it's just it's just a good community. And now that we've kind of spent a little bit more time focusing on the Northeast and and spending time with the guys in the Northeast, it's been it's been an absolute blast and a blessing to meet some of these new people, man. I'm I'm super excited to see what the relationships are and what what they become uh, down the road. I really am. Absolutely. That, that's the one thing about Huntstock is it, it's definitely a show, you know, just like any other show that we go to, but it's not like any other show we go to. It's a completely different vibe, completely different feel. Being outdoors, being summertime, being so close to the deer season, like it's definitely its own thing. It's 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 unlike any other show that yeah, and the thing is that like they're trying to come come on with their own film festival, and they're constantly growing it and doing new things. And I, I'm excited to see what what becomes of it. The boys, you know, uh, Pat and Pat, man, really putting in a lot of work. There was tons of sponsorships, tons of cool giveaways. There was companies there. I mean, he moved from you know 34 guys to 97 vendors is what they had this year. Yeah. Like that's nuts. Like. Absolutely insane. And, you know, one of the things I had asked to Pat, I said, Pat, I said, what happens when, when, you know, we outgrow this space? 
And he's like, we're just going to have to cap on how many people can come in, you know? And it's, I mean, that's crazy, dude, when it gets to that point in two years' time. I mean, that's just absolutely nuts. Yeah, absolutely. I, they still have, I think they have a lot of space left to go, mm. though, no? Oh, no, they do. But, I mean, you figure if they have a growth of that, I mean, it's, it's three times growth in one right. year. Right. You know, so like if you do that again, that's a lot. Right. You know. Absolutely. That's a lot. I'm not gonna do the math. I'm looking for. I'm, for, I'm looking forward to it. Be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know. Um, <laughs> no, just be just being to be able to part of it last year and the first year. You know, from, since day one, basically. Like I'm really excited to see see the future and where it goes. Absolutely. It's definitely a good time. Yeah, I'm looking forward. Good, to great it. location. It's pretty pretty centrally located. Yeah in the northeast so mm-hmm. it's really not that far no matter what direction you're coming from and right. I, I i mean i can't think of a better location at the wildwood farm no no not at all man well dude i want to get into you know early season scrapes and all this other good stuff dude why don't we get on the man from backwoods sense or backyard sense <laughs> Backyard sense. Yeah, wow. I'm yeah, I'm pumped. I, I picked up some stuff from them. I haven't. Uh, I'm still unpacking from the weekend, believe it or not. But um, you too. I'm get my some of that my stuff. truck is still loaded with everything. <laughs> well, you know, what it is, man. You you grind all weekend at a show, and then you come back, and it's time to go back to work. So yep. it is what it is, right? <laughs> but um, okay. I'm I'm hoping uh, at least this week I, I have some. Uh, started but um you know just i just opened them up and have a licking branch with nothing on them so i've been waiting to get my hands on some of this backyard scent and i got picked some up at hunt stock this weekend and i'm gonna deploy that hopefully this coming up weekend yeah well i'm looking forward to it there's a lot of really good information a lot of really good stuff a lot of good conversation that's in this podcast and you could probably learn a thing or two so put the earbuds in man kick back and uh let's take you for the ride Welcome back to yet another episode. Once again, this was at Huntstock. Steve actually went out of his way. You found this gentleman prior to come. What? What's the deal here, man? He's right up my alley. We started talking scrapes, and I said, "Come on, me. Come on. We got to talk." I think he. I think he was hunting me. Is that what it is? (laughs) He was. He he had you. Yeah, he had me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we have Chad from Backyard Sense up here in the loft at the Wildwood Farms. Uh, Chad, why don't, you, why don't we just kick this thing right off? We'll put it right in four-wheel drive. Tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and a little bit about what you do. All right. My name is Chad Wickham. I started up Backyard Sense probably about, I'd say, about eight years ago. Um, just a, just like a normal person, everybody else. Uh, you start off hunting, and, you know, you, you buy. I was buying the Tinks back in the day, the Roger Raglan and all that, and I just wanted to give, not that nothing or any other company is not an honest scent and so forth, but we work hard with family men and women and so forth, and everything's busy. Like, every, everything is like busy, and I said, you know what? I want to do something. I want to make it right. I want to work on things. Uh, uh, the outdoors is like my passion, and uh, the whole time kind of like doing this just before I started it up, uh, I lost my first son at 21 months old, and um, so I took to the woods even more because it was my passion. 
and that's where I feel like I could meet my son and see him and so forth because I know he's in heaven and stuff like that. But um, I wanted to do the real thing. I wanted to uh, get a scent out there. I love the community. The hunting community, the fishing community is like one of, I think one of the best communities you can ever be a part of. We're all very supportive of each other and uh, always have each other's back and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we all work hard at it. Everything we do, we work hard. So I kind of started it up, and then I had a buddy that was going to do it just as I was going to start it up. So I worked with him, got him some stuff to uh, to work with and get him going. Then I advertised him, and he was doing great. Uh, I never knew um, how he made it, what he did. I know we're, we're definitely different how he did it. Uh, and then we kept talking about he wanted to do shows and wanted to split the business with me. I said, dude, it's your baby. I don't want to be a part of it. Uh, I'll just help you out, tell you what I need and what I see. I'll advertise. I put all the videos up there and stuff because I'm always in the woods. I'm, I'm nonstop. And, uh, and so we talked about, you know, getting a little further and further. And then, unfortunately, he ended up passing away walking to work one day on the side of the sidewalk, 53 years old. Oh, <laughs> and uh, so... What I ended up doing was um, because there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about scent and not scent and what you're doing and what it is, and so I took a year off and I did a lot of studying with different things. I wanted to see how my scrapes were and how my my cameras were without scent. And honestly, the lack of deer I had on on natural scrapes, um, the same scrapes year after, no scent. It was amazing that. I didn't have the rotation of bucks and does coming back like I did with the scent. And that wasn't even my scent. And so I learned a year off that how bad it sucked without scent, mm -hmm. uh, that I relied on it. So I just started doing more and see what I can do and bring an honest scent to the game. And so I started working on it and did my own research and uh, met some people along the way that have been doing it for 40 plus years uh, in different states and stuff like that, whatever. And I kind of formed my own path. And came up with certain things, and I took it slow. I didn't like. I. I mean, everything I do is all handmade. I. It's. It's no big production. It's. It's tiny, and um, so I. I just started working on it and see it was working and putting it out there. And then I finally decided to go through and do it, and uh, slowly worked at it. And friends were using it, and it's a hard thing because nobody wants to show their deer. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Nobody wants to show it at all. You got right. a big buck on there, and it's got something funky going on. One extra long brow tie and all that. You can tell what it is. Nobody wants to share it, because then then people know who you are. And um, <clears throat> so I have fantastic customers, but to get them to advertise and, and post their stuff, they don't. Because I, and I understand. I'm putting myself out there because I have to. Um, but I like to educate. So doing the scent to me is more of like being in conversation everybody out in the outdoors but it's also like i ain't gonna sell you the scent if i don't think it's right for you or whatever questions you have i want to be right for you because understanding scent and the communication you can get from it and another useful tool it's like i tell everybody you see a buck and use a grunt tube it doesn't work because that grunt tube is it a bad grunt tube is you're gonna throw it away it's it's a wild animal you still got to keep working at it. You gotta, I mean, it could be the end of the season that something works, but that tool could help you along the way. So so I got with it going more. And this is actually here at Huntstock is the first show for me to do. Um, and my voice is raspy talking to a lot of people. But <laughs> I tell you what, though, I've had the pictures I've seen in the last two days, of people from Maine, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts of uh, deer that they have on their cameras. I'm like, I'm humbled. 
because I had a lot of good things being said. Because it's tough because you can have people that come. I'm horrible with my own body scent when I go and do most of this stuff because we're always running. I do, you know, I do trees, I do gutters, I do bees. I'm like sweaty as can all be. And I'll jump in the woods and go there and make a mock scrape or whatever. And uh, sometimes, like, people don't understand. It's not a magic juice. You're still going to have, like, you're going to have an idea what you're doing, where you're placing or, or keep. You're going to be, you know, you're just going to do your due diligence at it and just keep moving things. And uh, sometimes people just either will touch something and a buck will come up or a doe will come up and smell them and take off. And it's like, oh, well, your scent did this. You know, and what, what do you say to that? I mean, it's hard. Right. So, but this whole show, I've had a lot, all positive feedback. Everybody's been good. Everybody's been supportive. And so, uh, like I said, the hunting community, man, is awesome for sure. So, so one thing we want to touch <clears throat> on is I would imagine most listeners have put a camera on a scrape before. Yep. Most cameras have or excuse me, most listeners have probably made a mock scrape, licking branch, and not mm-hmm. use scent. And you, you'll get pictures of deer. They will work. But let's talk about the what actually using a product like Backyard Sense does as far as the communication aspect and introducing new and unknown deer yep. to the herd and, and whatnot. So basically, <clears throat> people come up to me and say, oh, yeah, all I do is just pee in a scrape. That, that's great. I mean, that does work, but all you're actually doing is – so deer are very curious. A lot of deer get shot by curiosity sometimes because that's just what, how they are. So you're picking their curiosity, but what are you getting when you pee is that they are relating to the ammonia that it turns into. I mean, pee turns into ammonia within hours. It, it starts. So at least you have that communication. Uh, or you have, you have that – you're picking their curiosity. Now, with the sense that you do, like – finding out today and it's i mean listen we all started from somewhere and i i learned through years and, and different things and still learning still learning from my customers everybody i talk to that there's always something different you can do or use with my scent it's it's um it's all 100 percent natural everything that's in that bottle a deer would smell every day everything that's in is natural there is nothing foreign to that at all um so what i look into is you start looking at the glands you start looking at the interdigital glands and the tarsal glands that's for the scrape Right, it's communication. Like a buck can go down a, a, a doe run, across a doe run, catch into digital gland. He can he can tell you how how long ago she walked and what direction she went just from that. That gland is so powerful um, that now you're looking at like this buck is falling because it's communication and he knows where she is and how close she is to be an estrus as well. And then you got the licking branch that has the uh, preorbital, has the forehead gland, and, and I, I also use the nasal gland as well, the whole, the whole top side of that whole thing and stuff like that. And you're communicating with, they want to see what does are going through, what bucks are going through. It's kind of like their Facebook and Instagram. That's how they stay in touch. So you, you can pique curiosity, but then you also do information. With my bottles, every one of my bottles has about five, five deer in it. And now what you're doing is you're bringing either fresh meat for does, you're bringing different does to your native herd, and then you got the intruder buck. So you start communicating, you start wanting to make this buck think that he has to come to the scrape more often to come to this area because you're the freshest scrape in the woods. And now they start coming up and they start getting interested in what's going on. And hopefully the time that he comes up and he's there and you know, he, he's trying to figure things out, you've already harvested them. So the communication and the curiosity goes together and you're going to try to peak both. I mean, even like opening your scrapes, I tell everybody today, um, they ask me questions and uh, they, they said to me like one thing, like what's one scent you would use? I wouldn't just use one scent. Right now being pre-season, mm-hmm. 
I would use like a, a buck and doe licking branch because that's natural in the woods. Even telling them that I use buck and doe licking branch and scrape on the same time, like the same time, I'm like, yeah, because that's what happens naturally. I want does to come. I want bucks to come because when we're hunting bucks, what are they doing? Following does. You know, and uh, or their scent check and see what's going on. Then you get the intruder bucks that will come to those scrapes first. That's their intel. They're going there, say, all right, who, you know, who's on Facebook? Right, <laughs> you who's know? in my neighborhood? Yeah, yeah, they're going there to see what's going on, and they don't know what's bred and so forth, so they're trying to see what those are around. So you're just going to peek everything. So it's just not a scent. It's curiosity, and it's another good tool. If you use it right and everything works, uh, it could come together. It could be fun. And plus, even if, so some guys behind me are trackers from the Adirondacks, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, they ask me some questions. They're like, we don't use scent. We track. But the one of the guys came up to me, he bought, sent to me, and he's like, you know what? He goes, but we do run cameras on scrapes. I said, yeah, so you get intel. He's like, absolutely. I said, so you do this. You get a fresh mark going, and they're hitting that. What are you doing the next morning? He goes, if I like that buck, he goes, I got the intel I needed. Now I'm going to go follow. So there's m- multiple uses for mm-hmm. different people. Right. Because how do we know what's in the woods if we don't have cameras and figure it out? Mm-hmm. You know, try to help us out with time-wise not being in the woods so much. So, so there's a lot in it. Right. Even in my opinion, even as a tree stand hunter, I run cameras on scrapes, not necessarily to pattern a deer and try to figure out he's coming in at a certain time or whatever. I just use that to get my intel to know what's in the air because if the scrapes in the right location with the right sense, you're at least going to get a picture of that deer. Yep. And you at least know he exists, know he's in the area, and then you you could kill him a couple hundred yards from there later in the season. But you're gonna get him touching that camera at some point before the season starts. That's why I tell people. I said uh, when I started off with trail cameras, I started off with one trail camera and 35 millimeter film was mm-hmm. in it. You know what I'm saying? The D batteries. Exactly, the D <laughs> batteries, man. Those things would only last like two weeks, and they were super expensive. But what I would get, and I tell them, I said, if you got an option to put it on video, you should because we get this this one picture. And you think that deer is going that direction. You start watching videos, it's completely opposite of what you ever thought. Yep. And so now what you start doing is you get the picture of that buck, that starts your quest. Okay, I like this buck. I want to follow him. Okay, he came from this direction and went this direction. Why? Either you go forward and you follow where you went or you walk back to see what he's doing. But then you also try to understand the area of the funnels, um, of all those bottlenecks, the swamps, the feed, the bedding. And you start with that and you start looking at maps. I mean, everything I do... I study maps is like 85 to 90% of what I do before I go anywhere. And then also you get to a point where you study so many maps and you look at the train, and when you're walking in there, you can almost, you visualize it. You see where you are and what's going on. And don't forget, like, the licking branch is also a good tool to use on rubs. Like, you find signposts and rubs. I know a lot of people don't put um, cameras on rubs, but I've done that a few times. Let me tell you something, man. The different bucks that hit those, even those that smell those, is phenomenal it's, it's fun to watch especially when they hit it and you yep. see how they're and what do they do every time they hit it they smell it because they're leaving what they want to leave for scent to make sure it's adequate for the next deer what's going on that hey i'm in the area they always smell it that's the forehead gland at that point right so you'd be the forehead yeah it'd be the forehead with gland because it, it you know obviously the base of the their antlers and so forth and you might get a little bit of the uh you know the pre there as well but that's basically because people don't realize too the forehead gland Every one of those hair follicles has like an oil sack at the end of it. And when the buck gets more mature and gets into the season and so forth, that, that starts secreting. That's why some of these foreheads of these bucks are kind of like all matted up and wet and all that because they get into the season and they're older and that just secretes the oil out and stuff. So, 
But yeah, I mean, man, if you can if you can put cameras on rubs, a good signpost, that's mm-hmm. another check spot that all these bucks go to to check out. I think so. another another thing that's overlooked back to scrapes is without a camera, people don't realize those licking branches are used almost all year round. It is, and they don't realize that because they stop pawing at the dirt. Yep, it's all covered mm-hmm. up with leaves. But if you leave a camera on a scrape all year round, you will be amazed at how many times they come through, hit that licking branch, and keep going. And if you didn't have a camera there, you'd never know it was even active at all. Yep. Well, even vice versa, where guys guys are like, well, when do I start using a scrape? Well, the scrape never stopped. That deer is going there all summer long, all you know, all fall, all winter. Shed and he's season all the way it. through. Right. He's, he's always, or she, he or she, they're, yeah. you know, especially on a community scrape, they're constantly on those scrapes no matter what. And using them and keeping them active is, is you know, just good intel to what is going on in the area, you know. Like, Plus, if, if it's a natural scrape, so what I tell people, if you don't have a camera on a scrape all year long, you truly don't know what's going on with that. Right. But when you shed on, I tell people, when you shed on and you find a scrape and it's, and it's wide open, that's more of a, of, of a late season scrape. And then right. you'll find some scrapes that were used in the beginning of the season that you knew about, whatever, all that, and have some leaves over. Those could be the earlier part. So when you go through the whole thing, like I got videos, and you, and you don't know if you don't do it. Like you put, I put cameras right. on all year and you sent all season long because I try to get that whole rotation of that buck where you went from, why you went from here, why you dropped the sheds over here. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not in the same spot. Actually, a lot of times it's not in the same spot uh, where they drop the sheds, but they're still in that rotation. And it's what their circle is and how far they go. Depends on the year, depends on the food. Last year in Massachusetts, we didn't have, we had a drought last year. Acorn stopped. It was, mm-hmm. it was brutal. Uh, so your, your feed was like the fields was one of the, the go tos to go. So you got a shift. But I have had cameras out um, all the way through. I've had bucks come through that I, that I shedded in, you know, in, in the second week of, of April into the third week of April, and they're hitting the scrapes still in right. a licking branch. Mm-hmm. They're already shedded. They're already past that. But you're, you're in April. Right. They're already starting to, you know, hopefully starting to grow their, their sheds at that time, got some bumps and so forth, and they're still in that rotation of what the season was before, you know. So and it's nonstop. Yeah, and the other thing, too, and, it, and you know, going back on what Steve said, you, you, you know, they might not be open. Those scrapes won't be open during the rut, but they're still going to hit the that licking, licking branch, mm-hmm. or they're going to smell, or they're on the downwind side. One, I had a crazy story. I, I've never even really told anybody this, but I've had a doe before that knew that there was a buck in the area, and you could tell by cameras, right, like mm-hmm. that this buck would come in or whatever, and I had one nanny doe that was obviously coming into heat and would literally sit around that scrape and wouldn't leave the scrape because waiting for that buck to come in rotation. Like, that that scrape is used, or scrapes are used, like you said, that community thing. And yep. they, she knew she wanted to be bred, so she waited there until mm. the buck had come into that oh, scrape. Those are the key words right there, because I tell people, I said, listen, I said, some does want to be bred. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> some want to be bred, so that, and I have seen that as well, yeah. and, you're, and you're right. I think that's a whole another point too because I think there's a lot of people out there that associate scrapes with bucks. Yeah. And until you put cameras on there, I mean, if if it's low enough, fawns will work a licking branch. Yeah. And yeah. The does work a licking branch. All the time. And like a lot of people just get hung up where this is a scrape. It's a, a buck. It's a buck scrape, but yep. it's really a herd scrape. Yeah. You so know? people will say to me, "All I got is does right now." I said, "Good for you." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I said, "You don't understand." I said, "That's what you want." You could be does. People don't realize them more. They're home bodies. They don't really move much. When a buck is born somewhere, they typically can be born. They can be kicked out because they don't get hurt and so forth. And they can be out somewhere five miles or six miles away from where mm-hmm. they were born. Uh, eventually, they'll, they'll come back around. Not hence you kind of like your intruder buck will come back around. But you got those does coming through there. 
That's a great thing. And even like people say, oh, yeah, right now you got like, um, and, and these are the things that we're fed, all right? Right. I want to feed you what I know, honestly, and what my camera's showing me. Correct. That's what I want to feed you because that's what I'm seeing. And I put myself out there with every buck I have, everything I have, because I want to show you me making that mark, this buck coming in there, uh, taking the doubts out because I never knew until my camera showed me. So even people are saying, yes, there is summer bucks. There is. There's summer bucks. There's seasonal bucks that do different things and move. But right now, um, I just had one of my sheds scored. And it scored 161. Now, it had a double brow tie on one side. It didn't the other side. So it's probably like a, a mid-150 buck from what the other side is and so forth. Where I found that shed, uh, there's cross runs in there. There's doe bedding right there. I made a mock scrape. That buck is hitting that scrape right now, 20 feet from where I found his shed. Is that a summer buck? No. I had him all season long during, hitting my scrapes during bow. I just could never pick the right day. We all know how that is. And to be there when he was there. And found his shed December 14th. And now I got that buck right now. He lost the double brow on one side, but now he's got two stickers coming out the front, two and a half on either side of his base, and he's got a flyer off his G2. And hopefully my wife will shoot that deer. But, right. but he's there. Some of these deer don't. I mean, some deer will move, but you can't forget. Even like early season, you have these bucks coming through. You always have the intruder bucks that come through as well. That could be a great shooter buck as well. You know, and in a scent too, the scent is geared towards uh, what the season's out of preseason, the regular season, and the rut. But all this scent, that this scent that I have, it's for every deer. It's for anybody's shooter. I don't right. care if it's a spike horn. I don't care if it's a doe. It's, it's for all of that. Then I have the rut that's more specific in the buck 200. That's 200-pound deer and bigger. That's very specific. You don't want to use that on subdominal bucks. But it's, it's good for all different types of deer. And if you're a meat hunter, it's good as well. Well, you, you kind of went into it. I might as well. You know, we were going to save it kind of for the end. But why don't you go through your line of sense that you do have so that, you know, guys that are listening to this or whatever, they can kind of pick, pick around and see what might work for them and that maybe they can come yep. in. And so people are always very surprised when I tell them I, I use the four cents. So my four cents I use is a buck and doe scrape and a buck and doe licking branch. And I do all four. And the scent that I have is two ounce bottles, and basically you can get 20 uses out, out of each one of the bottles, and it's five deer per bottle. I go in, I have, I got the scrape on my left side, buck and doe, and I got the, I got the licking branch on my right side going in. It's just my ritual going in and do it. I do three to four squirts of both of the scrape um, on the ground. And I'm saying, like, when you do the scrape, like, always open your scrape up. Bucks have something with fresh earth and dirt, and when they see that, it triggers something. They're going to go check it out. Always open it up, and I'll take, like, a tuft of leaves or, like, a, a big leaf or a fern, roll them over, and I'll always use that for my natural scent wick. And then in, in the, in the uh, licking branch, I'll do uh, the buck and doe licking branch as well, and I'll do four to five sprays of that. Um, I, I use the spray. Um, I'll do four to five sprays of that. I'll put the doe a little bit lower and a buck a little bit higher mm. every time I go in. I always use all four because I want both there to come because naturally right. – that's what happens. And then you're putting those. It, you can bring the does in, but it's also going to bring the bucks in yep. and vice versa. You, you, you do, that's, that's where it mm -hmm. goes for the curiosity, and then that goes to the communication. And then people will ask me the difference between the gel and the spray. It's exactly the same product. I just have some guys that are diehard for the gel and some are diehard for the spray. It's back and forth. And is how long it lasts. I haven't touched some of my scrapes, which is bad for my business, but I haven't <laughs> touched scrapes in six months. So and, and – that's oh, go, go ahead. Uh, no, one of my things, and I was going to ask, what what is the the durability of it? Like, how long does it you think that it lasts? And also, like, 
how many times do you go in there and like how often do you go in there and resent these things? Like, is it, is your product good in the rain? If it rains, so on and so forth. Like, so, so right now, in Massachusetts, you're going to start building an arc. We yeah. got so much rain. <laughs> Basically, all northeast, dude, you're going to start sure. building an arc. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, um, the one I just had this buck that I just told you about with a split brow, he's already been back there a few times with a 10 pointer that's in there as well. Um, I haven't touched that scrape in over a month and a half, and it's still mm-hmm. hitting it. It's 100% natural. And, and you can go on uh, on all my sites there on the, on the, on the YouTube, on the Facebook, and the Instagram. Um, you can just see him coming. He just came in two nights ago. Right. And he's like right now, if I was going to sell you a scent, I would tell you Lickin' Branch Buck and Doe because it, that's their communication right now. I've had bucks two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago, three or four bucks open scrapes up, which is super. Like I've never really seen that, mm-hmm. but that's like where they are. Like they have their own personalities, what, what right. they're thinking, what's going on. Um, and as far as how many times you want to go in there, that's where it's up to the hunter, where you guys can look at, if, if you've got an active scrape after you do it and they're in there, leave it alone. Let, right. let them do what they're going to do because it, sometimes, like, you still got to do your work because some of those scrapes will fizzle out because of the area, what they're shifting for, for food and what's going on. Sometimes things will shift. But, again, it comes back to if you don't watch that scrape for a whole year, then you don't really know how that scrape really is. So I, I say, so I, I haven't touched stuff in six months. And sometimes in some areas, I'll go in there. And if I got a buck that's interested and I, I kind of like get him on a rotation or see if he's an off day or a couple of days, I will run in there and hit it again just to let him know that he missed something else coming through. And so it's always on the right. hunter what they want to do. And I think that you hit that point, and that's what I was going to kind of say is like, like – if, if you have the scent in there, those bucks are going in there. Now they're putting natural scent yep. into it, and then you then wait a little bit. If it slows down, put that scent back in because obviously they went there on a curiosity and a dominance yep. aspect because yep. they're they – I mean, in my, in my thing on scrapes, and, and Steve can probably, you know, contest to this, is that, like, they – no matter if it's, if it's summer – uh, winter, whatever, they still have that dominance in them. Yep. They're animals. They're, yep. they're constantly, you know, bucks from, you know, the day that they're born, you can see it in the fawns too. They're always dominant. They're always yep. trying to find their pecking order and, and keep that, you know, so yeah. they're always going to do that. So if you start to throw, you know, if they're in there making natural scent, leave them for a bit yeah. and then add the scent in, the, right? I mean, yeah, I, because I'm, cause you don't want to like, you don't want to start getting into a thing to where if you, if you're not, the scent control is not good. Don't, don't give mm. them any reason to be educated at right. all. And um, another good time to hit them is when if you see your season and your deer are changing, now, you're, now your bucks that you have in that area have maybe bred the does and have, you notice that they moved out and so forth. Now you're going to start thinking intruder bucks or a, a traveler buck. Mm-hmm. Go in there and hit that again because now those bucks are all starting to search. When they're starting to search, so I shot a buck a couple of years ago. It's probably like five years ago now. Um, that I had him on a camera for 23 hours. And this buck came in. I didn't know it was a, it was a, it was a regular camera. I came in. And I was late. I was late going in. There. I didn't even have a tree stand in there, but I knew they were hitting a spot. And I had some good bucks coming through. And I came around uh, through this field and through this goldenrod. And I kind of did my U-turn coming around 180 degrees. Got to my camera, took the card out, put a new card in there. And uh, as I walked across the run, I jumped the run. I, I never like to walk the run. Mm. Don't ever walk the runs. Walk to the sides and don't touch anything. Like, when I see people touch rubs, and I don't care what time of the season it is, <laughs> with licking branch, do not touch them. Like, don't put your scent. We know that guy. We know that guy. Because your oils stay on them, man. You don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So I jumped the run. And right where the run came across, there was a log that came across the run sideways. 
I took the, the dough scrape and I actually squared it on top of that log thinking if a deer came down to run, he's going to put his nose down and stop. Gives me an opportunity to mm-hmm. occupy him to take a shot. So I came in, I sat down behind the stump, and all I could really see is like my neck up, and I'm um, about 18 yards from this run. And uh, it was one of those days, like, I don't really call a lot, and I decided just the, the grunt, like, you know, a deer is dying in there, whatever's going on, mm-hmm. well, he wants to fight any buck in there. And as I went through the card, I saw this one buck, and I noticed that he's been there for about 23 hours. And so I'm hitting this grunt tube four or five, six times, like, every, like, five minutes. Like, I am putting a racket on mm-hmm. there. Next thing I know, so I have some big pines in there, and this buck, I don't know how they always do it, man, but they can walk and sneak in, and you can't see him, but he knew exactly where I was. I saw his horn come out one side of the pine tree, and he came right in, and he knew right where I was, and I didn't even move. And he finally came down, and where I put, and this is where you kind of do things off the cuff sometimes, and you'll learn, where I put that docent on that log, he came down, but he stared at me for five minutes. He's 18 yards staring at me. You can only see me from my neck up, and I took my gloves off underneath because I had a big stump in front of me. I took my gloves off. I had my gun ready, and uh, he finally like figured there's a swamp behind me, so I knew I was good. It was all water. Nothing's coming through there, and he kept looking, 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 and the wind was perfect. The wind was coming from him to me, and he finally put his head down on that log, and that was my opportunity. I pulled up and put I followed his leg up and shot. He went 60 yards and dropped. That was a travel buck. He was staying next to that. I walked around that buck. He was bedded in the goldenrod and watched me go around him because I didn't stop. That's another thing. Like, you can hunt areas where there's a lot of pressure, but the people, sometimes the deer are used to, like, the, the walkers, the bike, because it's mm-hmm. all that same consistent travel. Mm-hmm. And when we stop, it's when it gets them scared and so forth, whatever, and they jump up and they get nervous. But the deer are used to the people like that. Mm-hmm. So I kept that continuous walk, and I didn't stop because I, I didn't want to spook anything out. I did it right through my camera, and I was, you know, 18 yards away, set up, and it worked out. Sometimes that buck, it worked out for him. Well, for me, not for him. Yeah. You know, so. It's, it's funny. You brought up a valid point. I know we're talking scrapes and scents and stuff, but, I mean, we both hunt high community areas. Yeah. Right, where there's bikers, hikers, so on and so forth. I mean, obviously, we're in New England, so there's a lot of it, right? Yeah. And there's been multiple times where you've been in the stand and there's does or whatever, small bucks, and you'll hear a, a mountain biker go by or somebody walking. And what they, they just pick up their head. They watch, watch them. As long as they don't stop or they, they don't pay no mind to them, they yeah. just put their head back down and they just keep going on and grazing on what they're doing. I mean, they know. They 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 watch us more than we know. Oh, 100%. And then 100%, more than we watch them, 100%. you know? So the reason why my sense is called backyard sense because some of the biggest deer are backyard deer. Mm-hmm. They are used to the dogs barking, the kids playing. I remember back in like watching videos in the 90s of the guys that they were videotaping way back in the day, and they talked about backyard deer or the supermarkets being built. They bought old farms. They bought that were run down. There was apple trees in there. And it's like one of the perfect spots parking in a parking lot, mm-hmm. walking the woods behind there. The guy's sitting there drawing on a deer, and you can hear the kids in the background. You can hear the dogs barking. And they always talked about the backyard deer, and I never forgot that. I said, it's, one of the, it's, it's true. Like, they know how to get through there, right. and they're bedding down on people's backyards. They know what to do, and, mm-hmm. but, they're not, but they're not scared of that. It's like that fence line. They're right at the fence line, you know? So, but, you know, you just got to keep pushing at it, man. Like I said, I learn from everybody. You mm-hmm. just bring different angles, and uh, you can learn your own stuff, man. Don't, don't, you know, don't think you can't. You know, you can bring anything to the table. Absolutely. Um, right before we go here, I have one last question, and the, and we ask everybody this question, and it's I bet you this is going to be a very special one for you, is what drives you outdoors? So the outdoors for me is uh, I'm a Christian man, and I, and I uh, everything I do, I, I owe it to God. I'm blessed. I'm blessed what I have. Um, and my, my son passing away, 
Uh, I have two beautiful stepboys that are uh, 22, 21, and uh, we actually just adopted a, a boy about six years ago. Uh, Devontae would be the same exact age as Talon that passed away. Um, I think it's like a connection because sometimes the world is so cruel. We walk around and everybody's just like, you know, it's kind of like almost like Finding Nemo, like all those, you know, all those uh, seagulls. It's like mine, 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 mine. Like people don't want to reach out to other people. And like we're going to be a community. We're going to be unity together. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's my direct connection with God. And I'm, I'm blessed to be able to go out there and do this and turn it into one of my businesses that I do and so forth. But it goes out there and it kind of like calms you. And if I don't have to shoot a, a deer every year to call myself a hunter. I just mm -hmm. love getting them on camera, finding the sheds and stuff like that, whatever. But uh, I, I think the biggest thing is is it's my connection with God and, and uh, spending time out there and uh, being a part of that and uh, talking to my boy, you know, yeah. and uh, keep pushing. And then just today being humbled, you know, these last two days here at Huntstock and how awesome these people have been and the pictures I've seen, I mean, my wife looked at me because she's like, this is the first show she's ever seen. She's like, I don't even know how you got sent right now. She's like, everything I've heard from all these people, it's like unbelievable. So I kind of gave her a little bit more hope in it as well. And I'm just thinking she's like a city girl, supposedly, you know, <laughs> and uh, opposite attracts, I guess. Yeah. And uh, but her being here is awesome because she's learning a little bit side of that. And I know because she's a planner. So I know from this, she's gonna like, all right, next year, this, this, this. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm in trouble. Yeah, I'm, I'm in trouble. So. It's a good thing for your business, though. You could spend more time on it now. She understands, right? Right. I mean, I'm hoping, like you know, <laughs> yeah. she's supposed to be here two days, and all I know is she's out there spending money and comes back with uh, more and more things. I'm like, all right, I gotta keep pushing, stand. You know, you're supposed to be here selling it for yeah. me so I can talk, and you're never here. So, but the biggest thing for me is that I'm blessed, and uh, and and God has uh, truly blessed me. And uh, we have a lot of hard things in life that hit us, and um, it's how we come out of it. And uh, just just help out when you can, man. Like pay it forward anytime you possibly can, because we always carry a lot of baggage. You know, you don't know where where someone's sitting, and just recognizing somebody someday, you know, can can make their day. You don't know that. And I've I've had messages like to my boys, death and so forth, whatever. I've had a lot of people message me later on saying that your strength is actually people who are on a on a verge of suicide. And I got messages from them. I was very brave for them to tell me that, but to like your like your drive, like what you have and what you went through, like you're so strong. You, you can find things in your in yourself. Like when you handle something, sometimes you can find it. Don't mm -hmm. think you ever can't, you know. But pay it forward. That's one of the biggest things in this world, man. Pay it forward and work together as a community. You know, unite. Just just be together. It's too, it's too cruel out there, man. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I. The, the great thing about the hunting community is a lot of us, we, we band together, we grow together, and we help one another. You know, yeah. I think that's one of the good things with the outdoor community because I think a lot of us have, like you said, baggage, similar baggage. Yeah. And, and one of the good things about the hunting community is we're, we're willing to push one another and help one another to, to succeed. And I think it's, you know, it's people have all their own things that go on in their lives and we all find, you know, the right purpose all in the same place and yeah. be able to work with one another. I tell I mean, I've had a lot of uh, people that are hunting for one year or two years coming in or whatever, and they're scared to ask questions because on some of these sites, man, and mm -hmm. they've said they've had great, great responses, but we were there. At one point in our life, we were there. And again, right. I'm nobody, man. I learned from everybody else. I learned from my, what I learned, you know, from being in the woods and all that, but educate them. They're our future. Like, right. get them in there. Why be prawners and, like, you know, chomp their heads off when they're asking a simple question? I mean, there's no wrong question if they don't know they don't know we don't i don't know everything we were all there before yeah 100 yeah. percent. And we, and we forget that sometimes you know these guys are just trying to find out whatever and again they come up here and, and if they don't feel it don't know i said don't buy my scent 
I said, until you're ready, whatever it is, I said, when you're ready, I said, I said, dude, all, all these people that come through here, I said, message me. Let's talk. Mm -hmm. You know, I said, What's, well, I'll educate you. I, the, today, this, these two days for me has been more education than selling my scent. Mm -hmm. And people will walk to my booth and I know they weren't going to buy scent, but I talked to them and I said, I'm not here to sell you scent. I said, I want you to buy it, no doubt, but I want to educate you from what I know and what I've seen. I said, go see my videos. Go see this. I said, I try to put up as most educational videos as I can from start to finish because some people will just, it takes a lot for them to walk to your booth and even right. talk to you. And these guys are like, you know what? I'll try to. What would you do? And I said, this is what I would do. And they do it. And it's, you know, just be compassionate about what you do and be honest. That's and, it. And it's one of those things that it going back on what you were saying and, and that's one of my biggest pet peeves and that's kind of why we podcast why we have we have a group page we have a lot of community outreach right yeah within the outdoor drive because there's so many people out there and i think the root of all evils in the hunting industry is social media right yeah because social media is a good thing for all of us and growing yep. our businesses and so on and so forth but there's certain groups and stuff where like you said they get on these pages and they ask simple questions because they don't know and they get tore apart yeah and scared of it yeah so i think with there's a great you know you know good people stay with good people and we have those outreach programs where guys can reach out and ask yep. questions like, Hey, you know, they can contact you. Hey man, what do you think about yeah. backyard sense or whatever the case yeah. may be? Or we have a group page, you know, because social media can be an evil, evil place. It can be very, you know what? There's people here. I talked about it. And one guy was like, kind of like walking away looking at me. He just sat there asked me questions for a half hour. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the, the booth at that time was pretty full and my wife was there and so forth, whatever. But, I don't care. I'll lose sales mm -hmm. to educate this guy. And he looked at me. He wanted to ask me more, one, one more question. I said, listen, I don't need any more spots. I don't care about your spot. I said, you want to send me a map and, and I'll tell you what I think about what I do? I've had guys do that. I have so many people that do that. And, again, I just, mm -hmm. like, scout the map so much. I said, I see pinch points. I see food. This is where I'd be. I had a guy call me back. He goes, your first exit you said was your number one. <laughs> I shot an eight-pointer right on it. He goes, dude, right on your ex. He goes, how'd you do that from a picture? Uh -huh. I said, you just learn it. Mm -hmm. I said, you learn it. And again, sometimes it's wrong. Sometimes it's right. But you just do it. And the guy was happy with it. I don't need anybody else's spot. And I don't want to take it. Because mm -hmm. it, it happened to me my whole life. Right. And it still happens. Yep. People, people hunt your vehicles. Yep. They don't oh, hunt yeah. We, we <laughs> live by that. We're going to buy sleepers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're gonna, you know, I used to drive a Honda Civic for a reason. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He ain't hunting. No. You know? No, no. He's a bird watcher. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Bernie Sanders bumper sticker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Jed, man, we don't want to take up much more of your time. But one last thing I do want to do is can you just give everybody a, uh, a point of contact for you whether it's facebook instagram so on and so forth where so they can I'm, find you? I'm so horrible this i don't even know what how you would say but it's backyard sense i am on facebook i have a youtube channel okay uh, i am on instagram and so forth whatever you can reach out to me whatever you want i've had people even doing my regular name chad wickham and so forth reach out point you in the right direction you can message me whatever i don't even care about giving a number out i'll do whatever it takes yeah. to talk to you and get you in the right i don't even care if you're not even using my scent I'll tell you what I think you should do um, as far as, like, a setup that I would do. Right. And it's, you know, there's a lot of opinions in, in, in the game, right? Mm -hmm. um, and this person's opinion to this person, you take a little bit of each opinion and kind of form your own and work with it. So uh, those are the three I'm on right now, and I'm so horrible at that as far as the uh, – I need to get that going a little bit more as far as – and I've done a lot of videos this year, and I've actually had a lot – I've been a busier season because I put a lot more out there. I'm trying to be more diligent with that um, because I'm just always in the woods and I want people to see what I see. Right. And I, and I want them to have fun and I want them to enjoy it. I want them also to understand that not every scrape in the woods 
is going to work. Um, and also, you, you you obviously have a website that these guys can go yeah, and they, buy products. Yeah, they can go on, on backyardsense.com, and I can yeah, you can you order anything you want. Questions as as far as that mm-hmm. as well. Um, I'm actually gonna now I have shirts and so forth, so I am gonna add more stuff on there. But you, it can ship anywhere, cool. not a problem. Awesome, we appreciate it, Chad. Thank appreciate you very you much, man. Let's get back to hunt stock and let's yeah. have some fun for the rest right. of the weekend. Thank you guys. Thanks everyone else. Thanks for taking the ride right here on the outdoor drive.